Hello, hello, hello. How's it going, guys? Nice to see you. Thanks for coming. What's up, fam? Right on. Awesome. People are arriving. I love it. And there's Rose. She's here. Oh, hello. I didn't know that we were already live. Oh, my hello. God. Surprise. I, oh. I'm so happy to be here. Can I open up with something so funny? Yes, absolutely. I just got a message that uh, I, oh, I'm, oh, I have to center myself. Or you can click the little uh, click. I'll do that. Or no, the other way around. Oh, yeah, next to it. Oops. Next to the, little, the little boxes. There, there it is. <laughs> um, hey. I'm a, hi. I'm a, <laughs> good live comments. Hello, everybody. Awesome, awesome. I just got a message that I'm a Satanist. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> um, I this link. It's eight minutes and seconds. Oh, fun. That's hilarious. Mism and witchcraft, 238 views. And gentlemen, okay, my brothers and sisters, I had heard of this woman, but didn't know she was a witch until it was <laughs> out to me. It took me 30 seconds to see what she was involved with to know she is a woman of Satan. <laughs> this woman is about YHWH God, she isn't. Stay away from everyone associated with this woman. Brothers and sisters, time is short. Pick you or by default, you're with Oh, He spelled your Y-O-U-R. Oh, I can't. Right. <laughs> I oh, never man. to his channel, but he cannot use proper grammar, so goodbye. That's you proof that they are a Satanist. Right? <laughs> that's so funny. Oh my gosh. No, that's that's a badge of honor, I think, when you gotta get called a Satanist. You, you know you're really onto something. Well, didn't you predict this would happen when you contacted me when we uh, scheduled Bitches Brew? When Karen was like, let's call it this. And you're like, oh, I don't wanna be a party pooper, but you know that there are negative connotations with that word, da, 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 da. And Crow would totally agree with you. He told Ben Balderson that he shouldn't use the word heathen. Ah, okay. Okay, there you go. I totally disagree with. Instead, people should just understand what the word heathen means. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely okay. true. It's, yeah, you, you got two options. This I got from James True is um, you, can, you can fight against the, the current meaning and try to reclaim something, which is a, a noble fight. And then the other option is to just, you know, leave it, leave it be. But I'm always up for the game of it, trying to go against, you know, what, what has become the popular meaning of, of which now, which is there's multi many layers. So yeah, I was snickering the whole way when we, when we chose that, mm -hmm. that name. That's so funny. No, I got called a, a Satanist last year on on Twitter too, and it was uh, it was intense, but at the same time, it was like okay, it's a sign that there's some energy around here. Things are going on. Right. Well, I, if people will won't listen to me when I say I want to be a good person and do the right thing, and I believe in the difference between right and wrong, and I feel that my purpose on this plane of existence is to help people. If they think that that's satanic, then you got me. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Not yet. You got it. So this is awesome. I'm so excited. We've got some great people in the, the chat here. Rose, I'm totally thrilled to have you. It's uh, 
it's been exciting to watch. You know, I'm fairly new to your guys' world, the whole cripple, uh, cripple, <laughs> crow triple seven. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you go. My, my mouth is still waking up. Uh, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm only three years awakened to all of the lies and deception that are actually happening on this earth. So I'm, I'm kind of a baby in this world, but I feel like I've hit the jackpot with this community because there's just so much, I don't know. I've, I've, um, I've felt my whole life I've, I've been finding my tribe, but now suddenly there's a boom. There's this, like, I can absolutely be myself. I'm completely uncensored. I've been uncensored anyway, but I've been not liked for that, <laughs> you know? And uh, so it's just beautiful to get into really good company like this. So thank you everyone for coming. Thank you, Rose, for being here. I'd like to, uh, you know, follow a theme tonight that, or tonight, we're still in the morning. <laughs> Bear with me. <laughs> I'm still, I don't know what. Yeah, I got my decaf here. This is going to help. Decaf, don't let Jason hear you. It's a good thing that he has his own studio now, so he's separated with by an, like basically another building with his own air conditioning. And by the way, that was really depressing when we go in and we're like, "You're going to have a studio. This is going to be amazing. Oh, it's hot in here. Let's turn on the air conditioning." And we're like. Oh, how are we gonna soundproof it? It'll be useless. Oh man, that isn't quiet. So that'll be interesting. Okay. There you go. Oh yeah, little logistics. Speaking of of air conditioning, my batteries on my remote just blew, so I can't have any right now either. If I'm like dripping and sweating here, forgive oh, me. <laughs> the um, earphones really warm you up. <laughs> yeah, they do actually. I was drinking my coffee, and I was like, okay, I have the. The thermostat perfect and then i put the headphones on and i was like oh my gosh this is ridiculous I, mm -hmm. you're from canada so you know i'm from california so if only someone had told me that if i bought earmuffs then like the 6 a.m to 7 a.m on your way to school would have been more tolerable <laughs> yeah totally i wear earmuffs right uh you know from october to june that's oh. i'm a big fan of earmuffs <laughs> never owned a pair Oh, wow. There you go. I'll send you one. <laughs> oh, okay. Cool. We should have seven ones. Oh, that would make sense because it's around the ear and it's a radio station. <laughs> Very fun. Very fun. So what I wanted to, why I was inspired to host you right now, I knew, I knew it was going to happen. I could, I could feel it coming and, uh, there, you know, it was it was happening, and then this week, what I'm doing is, uh, as you're familiar with my book, one of the archetypes in there is the nurturer, and this is one that plays out really big in my world. My people, they they are both highly gifted with this desire to help others, and they're also completely cursed by it. Now that, you know, th th that's, that's what archetypes do. They have those two stark sides. They are like a superpower. It's God breathing through you and giving, you know, beauty and wonder to the world. And then on the other side, it's like your enemy trying to take you down. Mm. The, it's, it's the identical energy. It's just the difference between being awake to it and being asleep to it. So, Rose, what I notice is that you have this very powerfully in your am i am i wrong in guessing that you love to help people i no i do love to help people i just never thought of it as in the word as the word nurturer because mm -hmm. i always feel like i'm trying to learn from people and put my and get on people's same level not necessarily like 
trying to make sure that we're always equal at the same time because I love discussing like human behavior and how there's always like a status power struggle in every relationship or interaction. Um, so yeah, I, obviously I get that uh, philosophical abstract thinking. I can't stop thinking about uh, how my affect how I affect people. I want to have a positive impact. So maybe if I'm doing it right, then I'm nurturing. I hope. <laughs> right. Well, that's mm -hmm. this is a new idea. I love helping people, but sometimes I'm afraid that I'm not very nurturing because I can be really blunt and forward and in your face. And, and also I have noticed that people can be very intimidated by me. And so I have to try to modify my behavior so that they don't feel like I'm overpowering them. So that is I, that's actually what's going on in my head. Yeah. But yeah. maybe but, but that but maybe you're still right that, that that is maybe I'm fighting the natural energy which is to have that nurturing effect on people. That's what I'm going for for sure. But I also feel yeah. like I'm really new. I'm like a new soul and and sometimes I feel like I just I'm trying to, to gather information. I'm feeling nurtured by everyone around me and then it bounces off perhaps. Beautiful, beautiful. You're actually talking through several archetypes at the same time, which is perfectly normal. <laughs> <laughs> just so you know, <laughs> uh, it's beautiful when when you talk about being intimidated. Uh, just to to talk to that point, it's uh, or not intimidated, but people are intimidated by you. That's uh, that's a different. I've had that exact thing where people practically accuse me of intimidating them, and it's like, well, it's uh, you know not really like that. That's that's not exactly the the thing that's going on there. It's we all have to own that. If if somebody's intimidated by you, Rose, that's that's where they're at, right? That's not something that you can control. The sad part is that people do tend to somewhere, you know, take themselves down, uh, play small, pretend not to be as great as they are to try to protect other people's feelings, and that's that's you know, I I totally think that you should never do that. that. They should be invited up to your energy rather than you, you not lower to their energy, but lower your energy. Can I tell That's, a story really quick? To yeah, go for it. How I think this happened to me. For sure. I can, I can trace it back to one traumatic event. Okay. I was in a sophomore in high school and I was doing a group project with my friend group. You know how for some reason you have that one lucky semester where in your class, all five of your best friends are in the same class. And yep. then there's a group project and it's just like, oh, this is gonna be great. So we're all hanging out in the basement of my house and so much time is going by and nobody is getting anything done. You know, we're just messing around, talking about boys. <laughs> and I thought that everyone would appreciate I just did it for everyone. So I just got on the computer and I was like, blah, 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 blah. I just did it, you know? Cause I yeah. already knew about F. Scott Fitzgerald. I had read The Last Tycoon and The Great Gatsby and all that jazz. And I wow. thought that this would be so awesome. We would, I would just do the project and then we can go party, man. Well, <laughs> one of my friends, and she ended up becoming a lawyer. Like she's really smart, right? But she didn't like that. Okay. I, she, she didn't want to trust that my work was gonna get her the good grade. I get it now, but at the time I was like, what the? And she became like an arch enemy. We were never, it was never the same. Wow. 
So I feel like maybe that was my nurturing energy coming in. And then I got sabotaged by that experience. And then mm -hmm. I was like second guessing myself, people don't want me to do their homework for them. <laughs> oh man, I wish you were my childhood friend. Four out, of five, four out of five people want me to do their homework for them. One out of five people won't like me if I do my homework for them. And it's just like, made me freaking autistic. I'm just like, how do I deal with life? How do I move forward? Okay, I'll just ladder. <laughs> Okay, start at the bottom, you just do your you just do what people tell you to do. Okay, smile, be cool with jokes. Okay, keep going. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's a crazy thing. It's a double-edged sword because the, the the nurturer not only wants to help others that way that you're describing, and I wish you were my childhood friend, by the way, when you wanted to do my homework, that would have been fine. Uh, but uh, you know, not everybody wants help for one that's or and, and especially the people who say they want help that can be really tricky because they don't really want help. They want somewhere to stay stuck or to, you know, just complain. Uh, and they, they actually want to use you to stay more stuck than they are, which is a little bit. Uh, it's difficult on your part to try to interpret, OK, like, what are you actually asking me for? And then nurturers can also be coming, and I'm not definitely not saying you you were coming from that place, but uh, it's a good thing to just be aware of that sometimes nurturers are not really helping; they are trying to control people, or right? enable. Also enabling, which is part of wanting to control them. That's exactly it. And uh, you know, so tempting. We're entering into a day right now where you know the suicide rate is up 900 percent. A lot of you're seeing a lot of posts online. People are depressed. Um, their finances are falling apart. The the world is falling apart. Like we, I mean, you know, maybe you could imagine this is it was going to happen. But uh, and and even even knowing somewhere it was coming, having followed you guys and many like you, there's still a certain shock to the level of um, suffering that's going on. And you know, don't don't look ahead. Whatever you do because it's not exactly getting better sooner. So this nurture is being called to such a, a massive extent. And it's a really amazing time to get just so powerful and so strong and so solid in your own, where you're coming from, not, not enabling, not trying to control people. You're genuinely being of service, which I, I see so um, so much with you. One of one of the the proofs to me. I don't know you very well yet, but uh, I hope to be your best friend. Just just letting you know. <laughs> but one of the things I notice is that, and you can tell us if you if you feel up to it, that you don't really seem to lose energy from helping people, right? Like the other night, you just you, you noticed I was struggling with this software, and then you jumped on a call with me instantly and helped me through it to the other side. And you're so joyful about all of the the work that you're doing. I know you support Crow Triple Seven Radio a lot. Like you're the back end, letting them do all their magic in the front end. You're at the same time you're doing your own podcast and rocking it out. Definitely go to to uh, Rose's channel if you haven't already. I have a feeling they're all here, so <laughs> you probably know. But thank you so much, by the way, for for getting on and inviting your people this morning. That's that's huge. I'm I'm just. Uh, Totally humbled by that. Yeah, if you're here, make sure that you subscribe right now. We gotta hit. I would love for you to hit a thousand subscribers while we are talking. Oh, that's so sweet of you. My gosh, I'm. Honestly. And it will take like a few days for you to be able to. It'll say like you have been monetized, and then you then you click the button for uh, super chats, and then like it'll take a couple days later. It'll just be like it'll appear. 
Fantastic. I, just, I, I really, really, really believe that there mm -hmm. is plenty of room for all of us. Everyone mm -hmm. in chat right now, I mean, yeah, I think a lot of people here have their own channels and everyone's amazing. Everyone deserves our attention. Chance, at least subscribe and bell, and then you see the notifications come up, give them a chance. And if it's that bad, then just unsubscribe. But mm -hmm. I really think that all of us have so much to offer. And I, you're right, I do not run out of energy helping people. You know how people talk about um, resting bitch face? <laughs> no, please tell me. Oh, you've never heard of it? It's a, it's like a joke where, like you know, women where they are not they're not bitches and they're not mad, but they ha their resting face looks like they're pissed. Like, okay, yes, got it now. Yeah, it's just a it's a funny joke that came up however long ago. I'm naturally smiling even when I'm, you know, when I'm like um, having disdain for humanity and hu and and upset about human ignorance. My I have to the emotion has to make the muscles move it has to like by default I'm like this and then it has to and I don't know what it would be like to do be like that all the time that would be really hard for my face so <laughs> it's natural for me to be happy but uh, some people find that insincere and obnoxious that's what I've noticed too so what's your it's secret not, I have a lot of I don't have a I no I think it's brain damage I think that someone <laughs> <laughs> oh funny that's hilarious that's it's hilarious it's, it's, Rest in this crazy way. And it's just, I, I'm lucky. I'm lucky because my brain damage came out and, and some some people enjoy it, but then some people don't. It's very, it's very interesting. Do you want to say a little bit for for those of this audience that maybe don't know who you are and and uh, you know how did how did all of this come about? How did you get to this place in your life? Uh, I'll, I'll pull it out of you and decode how, how you are such a happy nurturer, but uh, you know, what inspired you to be doing this and, and, and be part of this in the first place, the whole truth movement? And... Okay, so I left Citrix Online. It was an awesome company to work for. They really did it right to the best of a, a corporation's ability. And I know they got bought out by LogMeIn, um, and so who knows what happened after that, but you know, they had like global volunteer day where everyone got paid all day to go volunteer for eight hours for Habitat for Humanity or, or just, you know, give. And, and uh, just, it, it, I, liked, I liked it there. And uh, I came in just in customer service and retention. And then I thought, oh, maybe I could learn how to do tech support, blah, blah, blah. I just kind of worked my way up and then I became the training manager of global customer support and technical support. So I was training people for both of those jobs. And I thought that I had arrived. I thought nice. in my early 20s, I was like, I, I've got a full-time job, I've got 401k, I've got a van with a ramp, got condo on the beach. I, I never leave in California. I get to travel, PTO. I mean, what else is there, right? Amazing. I think it out. I I uh, tried to do college over and over and over and over and over again. I, I somehow made it through high school and then went to, got sent away to a bad girl boot camp and the halfway house in Montana and was told I was an addict and all this stuff by like 20 year olds in the mountains of Utah. They didn't know what the heck they were talking about. They shouldn't have identified I was a Satanist, right? But <laughs> so, I just thought, gosh, I, I'm pretty good at this, but all I'm really doing is teaching people how to say you need to restart your computer in really nice ways. You know, <laughs> I thought I would really love to to teach children 
how to do math and how to spell and 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 if if they had the tools in the beginning if if they were excited about learning from the beginning if i could get into them at maybe 5 years old maybe i can make a difference and make the world a better place because i was observing <laughs> suffering and i didn't quite understand uh, i just thought oh that's the way it is you know there's always going to be suffering and maybe that is true but i i was more okay with it then than i am now <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like it really bothers me now so I went back to, I just clicked something. I went back to school in college and did the early childhood education thing. And uh, then we got to the part where they were talking about all the paperwork and how, what you're supposed to do if, you know, if, if you want to, like, for example, I have, a, I had a friend who became an elementary school teacher and she told me about how she had this assignment where everyone had to draw a picture of the floor plan of their house. And then of course she finds out that a couple of the kids are homeless. Hmm. What? Children are homeless? I didn't think about that. Or you find out that one kid comes up, comes to class bruised or something. And then just all the paperwork and all of the, the child, child protective services. And I just got really overwhelmed. Not, yes, there, there needs to be people in these positions to deal with these real issues with children, but that wasn't for me. I didn't want to deal with these issues in the system. I didn't agree mm -hmm. with handling a serious situation with step one, two, three, four, and five, and writing this thing and notifying this person, and then it's everyone else's hands and there's nothing I can do. I wanna take that child and protect them my way. And you yeah. would never be able to do that in that situation. Exactly. So that, that's just one example of how I was like, crap. I tried for a philosophy degree, a history degree, a psychology degree, a theater degree, and all of these degrees put you into an artificial man-made system that makes you a freaking brainwashed retard who's gonna perpetuate agendas. Like if I had become a doctor, I'd be perpetuating the, perpetuating the COVID hoax. If I was a cop, I'd be perpetuating the police uh, order following hoax or mm -hmm. the authority hoax. You know what I mean? It's all a hoax. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I was like, crap. I quit my job. I don't want to get a degree. I don't want to be involved. This sucks. So I ended up at this music festival <laughs> in 2013. Nice. And I was hanging out with all these new age hippies. <laughs> and I thought they were awesome. I was right like, secret, the law of attraction. I'm going to manifest. <laughs> you wish. Uh, I did a lot of ecstasy. <laughs> Called my parents and told them how much I love them. And then I met someone who introduced me to Mark Passio. It's totally mm -hmm. him. It's totally mm -hmm. Mark Passio who, who I needed someone with a South Philly accent to yell at me. That is the aesthetic and He's the perfect. way that I needed someone to talk to me in order for me to realize that I was acting like an ignorant, brainwashed child who was waiting for some kind of savior to tell me what to do with my life. And that, uh, you know, I was trying to look for some kind of easy formula to win, to like, to win the world, to, to, to try and get to the next level. And, and I realized that the next level was not anything that I expected because it involved losing everything. And what yeah. happened, I went to the Free Your Mind conference in Philadelphia to see Mark Passio mm -hmm. and I met a lot of other people. I don't know why, but I feel like you were there. Were you there? I was not there. No, he was one of my first people that I tuned into. So I'm very familiar with Mark. Yeah. This is the thing that I wanted to bring up before. We both are really new to this particular community. You and I, I, I okay. came in maybe a couple, like a year before you, 
Okay. And it's like literally retarded that I have this channel with all these subscribers because you've been doing such hard work and that's why I hope everyone will subscribe and, and be introduced to your work. Um, so yeah, because of Crow and Jason, I kind of got dove into this stuff, but first I was in these other anarchy circles and I, I was trying to find my way, but I agree with you that now something shifted. And now that I've kind of found this particular, like Karen B, not you can't call for zero, Kelly F, e, Suzanne, uh, is it khaki, catchy? I'm so sorry. Salted Cedar, please type the pronunciation of your name. <laughs> uh, Blue Pill, Suzanne, Salted Cedar. Yeah, and I, I really do feel like this is a group of people that I completely resonate. We're on the same page and we're all working so hard and we're not afraid of any particular subject. Other, other groups of people, it's like, oh, you can talk about these ideas, but these ideas are not okay. So I just, mm -hmm. I, I'm just loving it. So, um, sorry, I, I made a track there. No worries. I got into a bunch of trouble and I, it would take too long to describe it. And it is a crazy story, but I uh, got uh, two felony counts of manufacturing DMT, a drug that I have never done, don't know how to make, didn't make it. Wow, wow. Uh, it's a long story, but lost the condo, lost the vans, was homeless in a what? wheelchair, broken oh leg my. after being assaulted. It was crazy. Um, Run-ins with the cops, kicked out of hotels because I couldn't move my cats and, and clean up the litter box in the hotel like fast enough. It, uh, a guy who helped me when I fell asked if he can throw away a possible weapon. Uh, he's like, can I throw away this knife in the trash can? All these crazy things. And then I got married to a crazy person. It just doesn't end. It's crazy. And uh, so this, the mayor, so all of that happened right after the Free Your Mind conference. So I was like, oh my God, I went to a conference saying, uh, fuck the government. Mm -hmm. And the government fucked me. <laughs> and Whoa. it was a weird coincidence. Oh man. And I was what like, a wait a second. I must have not understood Mark Passio correctly. Because if I internalized and comprehended the information correctly, if I would, if I was using my discernment and if I knew what the hell was going on, this would not have happened. So it's another, it's another example of when you think that you're trying to figure it out, something really crazy has to happen to test you to, to test your comprehension. Mm -hmm. Beautiful, beautiful. Wow. Heck of a story. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, the word test, by the way, I love how alchemists tend to use that. If we, We're really jumping around with the archetypes here, but that's all right. That's how they roll. Um, the alchemist knows test to be uh, for purity, right? That it's, it's, it's not uh, a thing that's done out of cruelty, like God's not a cruel God testing us. It's, it's that we're always moving towards a being more and more pure, coming from a more and more pure source. And uh, do, do you think that's what was happening to you at that point where you're getting, getting purified? Yeah, it definitely felt like the, a blackening, like the a purification process where uh, everything that was bullshit that I lost, I was just grateful. Um, when my ex-husband took a mallet, <laughs> to all of my artwork that I had accumulated in my condo. Like 
you know, in 2007, when I moved in, I just remember it's like kind of here right now, all the walls are empty. And I was just like, I'm going to build my life and all of the art in my house is going to represent all of the amazing artists and, and places I've been all over the world. I'm, I am getting emotional thinking about it right now. Oh man, uh, intense. Uh, like my, my, my stepdad, he's a plastic surgeon, so he's a total artist. He painted a beautiful, massive painting uh, that was supposed to be him and my little brother when he was about five walking on the beach. And uh, I always wanted it. And so when I moved out, he gave it to me and I had it over my couch. Anyway, my, my ex-husband had brain damage. And if he didn't understand something, he wanted to destroy it. Mm, wow. Wow. And it all started with this painting. It's a funny painting by my friend Martin Donders from the Netherlands. It's a, it's It looks like a guy using a cat as binoculars. So he's looking through the cat's butt. <laughs> <laughs> eyes have lasers coming out. And I just thought it was pretty funny. Oh, and you got your cat right in the background there. That's hilarious. I know. DJ <laughs> didn't understand it. He's like, what the hell is that? And uh, so he just got this mallet thing and he just had a lot of fun destroying it. And it, it he had such a good time that he went and he destroyed all of my artwork because I had had all of my stuff brought down from the, uh, what's the word? The uh, storage unit. And there wasn't enough space for all my shit. It was it, that was true, <laughs> but the way that he went about destroying the things that I that we were going to get rid of was just really hard. But at the time, I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to die, and I think that this is probably um, just part of the process of me just getting rid of all my shit because this is probably the end. I don't know how I can survive this experience. I. I this experience is going to kill me. I can't uh, handle it. My body can't handle all of the, like for another thing was that uh, he, had, he couldn't remember stuff. So he was always like, Rose, Rose, you know, and, and, like every five minutes, like when I was trying to sleep, it was, it was crazy. Um, I also gave away my wheelchair at the time. Uh, oh, yeah, girl. That's a, that's a wow, I, nurturer. Day. I was like, this is the end. I was like, I don't care anymore. I'm going to probably end up in the hospital. I, I, there was this guy um, just like selling Oxycontin and stuff. And I didn't even want any drugs at the time. I was just like, oh, this guy's going to know what to do with it. Mm -hmm. um, so then I, I ended up going to, I, I escaped. I went, I, I had a really bad bladder infection and I ended up in a nursing home. And while I was at the nursing home, I told the doctor, I'm like, look, I'm just gonna leave AMA on this date because I have to go back to Philadelphia to the 2017 Free Your Mind conference. And uh, they were like, okay, we'll just you know work with you so that you can be discharged then. And so I went straight from the, uh, from the nursing home to the next conference and that was, a different experience because I had been through so much. Mm -hmm. And I think it really, really helped me to be around people that were awake. And even though I was in one of those like Vietnam vet hospital wheelchairs and I only had one, you know how like this wheelchair, the footrest, there's just, it's one 
sturdy footrests and your feet sit on them. But you know how like the hospital wheelchairs, it's two separate wheelchairs and they swing out. And I only had one of them. So I had one footrest and then I had, I was crossing my legs over so that it wasn't dangling as just chilling there. And I just didn't know how to explain myself. I'm like, look, I'm married to a guy with brain damage. I gave away my wheelchair. I don't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> oh, man, so much. So, so oh. I, I, so that, that was around the time when I had just started uh, reaching out, actually. I was reaching mm -hmm. out and trying to meet. I, I started friending all these people on Facebook. I really didn't want to, uh, I really wanted, I, I started to think, okay, maybe I can figure out how to get out of the situation. Mm -hmm. So, okay. so from there on, just, I, it, it, it was such a slow process. It's, yeah, it's taken um, four years. It's like another college education. I just went through four years of going from nothing and I'm just kind of rebuilding my relationships with my mom. And my mom, I just flat smacked her. So that's a huge thing. Yeah. I mean, they thought, I mean, can you blame them? They thought I went freaking crazy. Of course. So. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, my family, unfortunately, feels the same about me. But but can I just defend myself? The whole thing with mm -hmm. David, um, it was retarded that we got married. But at the time, I there was no, uh, like, I wasn't trying to, like, be sneaky or anything. I was just like, dude, like, you're in a wheelchair, too. I'm in a wheelchair. Uh, I need a wheelchair-accessible bathroom bad constantly every day. No, I understand you get it. I actually thought he was paralyzed, too, and then I saw him stand up after we got married. I was like, oh, you're not a paraplegic? And he, <laughs> oh, it's just, oh it's man. Just, he just had one, like, real. it was long. But, um, yeah. It's hard. It's it, it, so much happened that, uh, and I haven't really even gone through the story very much. I don't even know if I'm answering your question anymore. <laughs> For sure. Exactly. Well, you know, where you've come from, that's what to me so fascinating about uh, talking to those people, because it, it's easy to just look at you and go like, wow, you're so uh, bright and alive and you've got so much energy and you're so generous with your time. And this is, this is proof of it. You know, you came, went on your show to promote my show and all these people, beautiful people are here. Thank you everyone for coming. And, uh, and, you know, so it, just to look it could be someone could go, oh, well, I'm intimidated. I'm not that. I can't be so generous and so kind. And But it helps them to see where you, you've come from, right? You didn't start out that way. There was, there was a time in your life, like you're describing, that you weren't there yet. And, and here you are. So it's, it's, it demystifies it. It makes it possible and approachable for other people to, you know, up-level their life, to, to transform their experience and and uh, get closer to the kind of life and 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 community what you what you started off saying too that uh, you know so that helps them trace a path that's that's why I love asking this kind of question and, and seeing and then I'm just so curious because I'm still getting to know you as well. I so, just yeah. realized that it's the nurturer that killed that was killing me because mm -hmm. I I thought I messed up so much I had everything and I messed it up and so. I guess I'll just die helping this old man that nobody's ever loved. I really just thought that that was a logical way to move forward. And I thought maybe it'll be kind of funny too. 
Wow. You know, maybe, and, and really laughing did, laughing really actually made me get through it. Um, in the end, the, the, the moment I call it like the, the tango day because it was so ridiculous. He had fallen asleep on his arm after taking Ambien and Trazodone. And he got radial nerve palsy, also known as Saturday night palsy, which happens when you fall asleep on your arm and it damages the nerve. And then you wake up with a limp wrist and mm -hmm. you're that maybe you had a stroke. And the funny thing is, is it had happened to me three years earlier. So I knew exactly what was going on. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was crazy because I only had one working limb for several weeks and needed to have like nurses come to help me. And I, right when I learned how to put a ponytail with one hand, I, I, my hand started working again. I was like, ah, but um, <laughs> so he lit. Oh, and also he, there's just, he was, he had zero strength. Like his, the, his bite, like, look, this is my bicep. Mm -hmm. That's pretty big, huh? Look at that. Nice. I love it. Um, his, the thickest part of his bicep was like thinner than my wrist. So there was never a time that I, that he could have really hurt me with his, with just his body. Mm -hmm. But once he had the um, radial nerve palsy, he kept asking me to light his weed pipe for him every five minutes, you know, and um, then he broke it and he kept holding it in his hand. And then I started to get scared because he got violent and he was he was hitting me and I was laughing and I was like, DJ, like, I can't sleep because I'm afraid that you're going to hit me. You know, and, and now you have that broken pipe in your hand and you really, really could hurt me, you know, so now I can't sleep. And um, so then when it when it kind of got to that point where it, he was accusing me of being someone that cursed him in Vietnam, uh, I realized that it, it wow. had been dangerous and he, I couldn't get out of the room just because he was sitting in my way in the door. It's just so funny because I it had to be like a battle of the wits. It's like, DJ, if you just roll in this direction for five seconds, you know, and it, it just, it was so scary. And then I just remember the moment where I went out of the room, he moved and then I went out of the room and into the bathroom and then he blocked the bathroom and then I was yelling and then people were walking by and they're like, DJ, what's going on in there? And then he went to go talk to them. And at the second that he moved in this direction, I ran out and people didn't even understand what was going on. I'm like, he's freaking crazy and he's hurting me. I'm rolling over to Holiday Inn. Holy <laughs> I, I thought I was gonna have a heart attack because I was hyperventilating and crying and sweating as I was rolling over there. Oh my and gosh. I didn't have any of my medical supplies or anything. I didn't know what, what was going to happen. But yeah, wow. so, so wow. from, that, from that experience, I, I had to completely uh, figure out where to move from there from absolutely nothing, but with the clothes on my back, basically. Fair enough. And did it change your disposition towards helping people? Did, was there any reaction? Like, did you see it at the time that it had anything to do with trying to take care of your partner. I think, okay, so the first mistake I made, I lost my condo. And the second mistake I made was destroying my my health and my body uh, marrying DJ. So I made two really big mistakes and they, it, they both kind of involved trusting people a little bit too much. Um, trusting that other people are going to have your you're going to be safe trusting other people, putting your mm -hmm. trust. In but no, it didn't affect my, how I want to help people. It just, 
I have when I'm helping someone, I just make sure that I'm not compromising my safety. Well, and there you have it. That. There you have it. Right. It's it's actually so simple because that's the awakened place. The enlightened place of that nurturer is to help knowing that you are in a position to help your feet are on the ground. You're solid. If you know that that tree is swaying, you've got your roots in the ground and you're not going to get taken down by a strong wind of somebody else's chaos. And that's, 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 you know, the, the dark shadow of the nurture on the other side is that they would give themselves over and, um, you know, sacrifice all ultimately martyr themselves to help others. And then they go down in the process. And I see this all the time. I'm, I'm working with somebody at the moment. Um, <clears throat> and I, and I've seen them do it. They've, they've helped me a lot and I, I've been paying them to help them. And, uh, and I actually love them a lot. I've, I've grown to become very close uh, with them at the same time. And then all of a sudden there was just this pulling back and disappearing and, and just like no word um, ghosting. I don't, I don't know what's going on, but I've, but I've seen this dynamic so many times. It's like helping, doing everything, showing up a hundred percent. They're there for you. They're there for you. And, um, and not by me begging for them that either they're 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 offering they're being present and and actually they're very very self honest in in saying like this is how I fit in with society this is how I have relationships this is um, you know it's not all bad by any means but that sign when when they you just have to all of a sudden you're you're just you can't be part of that scene anymore and you burn out you can't you, you know if anybody asks you for help you're like fuck off get away from me <clears throat> and uh, so i call it the 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 nurturer's pendulum swing they go from helping everyone and doing everything to helping no one and doing nothing and both places are a real stuck place for them they're they're it, it's misery in both cases so i love what you're saying if you take care of yourself then you can genuinely help others in in a, a downright heroic way. Like you've got King Hero all over you, Rose. Uh, you might be muted. Sorry, I forgot I muted myself because I had to burp. No worries. <laughs> um, yeah, I definitely, uh, I, Sorry, wait, could you repeat the question again? I forgot what I was saying when I was muted. No problem. Yeah, so it's that pendulum swing where, you know, helping oh, yeah. everyone, helping no one, yeah. Yeah, I don't get burnt out on helping people. I never have hit that that spot where I, I'm helping no one, but I, I did get to a point, like I had an explosion in my brain after DJ, and this is this is probably not, this is probably to an extreme. But if I, I, I hit this wall sometimes, if something, hits my brain and I am like, I'm not dealing with, I'm not letting that ever happen to me again. You know what I mean? And so I will, I will have a whole paragraph of an explanation. Like I will not allow this to occur because this happened to me and I will never be the same again. Blah, 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 blah. Can I, I'll give you a perfect example. I was, I was such an annoying bitch yesterday. This, okay. This is crazy. I need your advice on this one because I don't know how to handle my emotions. This has to do with what happened to my condo and marrying DJ and also being a truther who cares about chemicals and being annoyed at Jason for not caring. So listen, listen, 
we're moving in and everything. And I'm like super like, this is going to be our sacred temple where we're going to build a life together and we're going to make it beautiful and everything's going to be good. And we're not going to let uh, anything bad happen. Like what I did when my retard self did years ago. Um, and then these people were going around the neighborhood for pest control, for bug spraying. I don't like bugs. Who likes bugs? Mm -hmm. We have five cats, but that's still not enough with the bugs in Louisiana. <laughs> so uh, I'm always freaking out and looking at ingredients and being like, what is this? You know, with Monsanto and stuff, I just don't trust chemicals. <laughs> they said it was safe and it wasn't, you know, yeah. and, and just saying chemicals are pet friendly is enough for me. I got to see the ingredients. And so all of a sudden Jason's like, oh, someone's going to come in and they're going to spray. And I'm like, someone's coming in to spray. What are they going to spray? What's in it? Did you find out the ingredients? You know, and I, and I just got really freaked out. And this, and the first thing I noticed about this girl was that she looked so freaking nice. And she was so beautiful too. She's this beautiful, beautiful girl, like young girl. And like, you could tell everyone's just trying to like work hard and, and, and promote their business. And I'm, I'm like, I'm, I always want to support people. And I'm like, oh, she looks like such a good business person. So I felt like a total bitch just not being cool with any of what was occurring in that minute. I was just like, can you please let me know in advance if you're going to one, let someone in the house and 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 just consult with me about spraying chemicals. She's gonna come in here and spray chemicals. I'm being a little, I'm being, I'm exaggerating the expression, but this is what was going on in my head. So For I sure. was using so much energy to try and be cool. But when I was talking to the girl, I was like, what's in the chemicals and she didn't know and it just made me feel bad and she was like oh I could um I could go and check the bottle blah 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 and I was like okay and I just felt bad about the whole thing and I felt bad because and then Jason said the worst sentence that he could have said and I wanted to go live and be like you're not gonna believe what Jason just said I was in the kitchen with him when and I was just trying not to be nagging about this and just be like yes in the future let's just discuss if someone's gonna come in and spray something and he's like well, you know, it's a really good deal and I'm gonna trust science. He literally said, trust science. And I'm like, do I need to refer you to the episode you did on scientism? <laughs> oh, but funny. Yeah. So I don't even, so, so that was just me trying to protect myself and I get super controlling and I will just, I'll put out this disclaimer. And after the fact, I'm like, that's not a good excuse to say something happened to me. I'll never be the same. This is how I am. I'm always going to be this way. And so take it or leave it. Mm -hmm. And it's almost, I say those exact words in that order, just like that, whenever I am just like, I got to protect myself. And then after the fact, I'm like, mm -hmm. I could have handled that a different way. We're a team. You were just trying to do the right thing. Yes, when she brought the ingredient bottles, it said three ingredients, and then it said 82% other ingredients. But I was just like, no, I got a bite on my cheek right after that. <laughs> so Funny. it's like the universe being like, calm the fuck down. You need the spray. Wow. Wow. I actually totally relate just as an aside, because uh, after I've been through uh, a lot of chemotherapy in my life, for those of you who don't know, I'm a cancer survivor. At 29, I was diagnosed with a stage four lymphoma, and I went through three years of absolutely brutal treatment on the other side, not to make you feel sorry for me, I'm, I'm, I'm past it. But uh, on the other side, I, I am totally chemical sensitive. So, you know, I, I, you shouldn't know this, but you can take me out with a dryer sheet. If you want to kill me, just put a dryer sheet in my face. I'll be done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, 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 did three, I did three forms of chemo. 
and oh. I've never had cancer. Okay. okay. That's how part of the system. That's how the system messed me up so oh, much. Yeah. They, uh, they diagnosed me with lupus, and then they put me on methotrexate, which is that pill that you take once a week. Um, I remember I took it on Saturdays, so I was throwing up on Sundays. And I just know that that just destroyed everything right from the get-go and all of my medical problems after that was probably from that. And then I did the cytoxin. Did you do the cytoxin? That was the four day a week, go to the room. They give you cookies. Half the people there are like, everything's going to be okay. And half the people are like, <sighs> like about to die. You're just like, yeah. oh my God, it's crazy. Yeah. And, and uh, I was totally cushion-goid from the prednisone, you know, when you get, uh, you blow up like a balloon, really swollen. Oh, and then they did eight hours of rituxin. I spent a night in the hospital, eight hours that they were giving me rituxin. And I guess that just got rid of whatever made them think I had lupus on my uh, blood work. I had had a high sed rate, which is the rate at which your cells uh, die. And if that's high, then it, you're going to have an autoimmune response. And then I had these antibodies. And they say that you can't cure lupus. So if I supposedly had lupus, and now I know, then I must have not had lupus. Or, like, why aren't... But anyway, who knows what really went on. But that chemotherapy destroyed me forever. I would never, ever, ever do it again. Mm -hmm, and if I knew someone that was that got cancer, I would say, "Look, you're killing yourself if you do the chemo." All right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Maybe you won't figure out how to um, cure your cancer naturally, or or like, but you're definitely not going to fix it with the chemo. Yeah. I feel so strongly about this. I got kicked out of. Um, nursing homes and hospitals doing volunteer work because I just got so upset talking to people and just being like, chemotherapy is genocide. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so intense. There's a certain there's a certain place for it. I had a naturopath in Vancouver who said that he wished he could use chemo and radiation in addition to his whole battalion of amazing, amazing natural medicine um, because it, you know, it kills everything. The, the drug you're talking about, cytoxin, it, it means like toxic to cells. And it's not just toxic to cancer cells, it's it's toxic to every cell. So it, it does kill cancer, it just kills everything at the same time. So there's, you know, if you could just have the tiniest little cocktail of that and, and go to, but you know, honestly, I'm so in the same position as you, I will never again uh, get diagnosed. I will never turn myself over and my, my, you know, give my power away to a physician to tell me, to dispel me and, uh, you know, label me and uh, get me in the system and have everybody yell at me that I'm going to die if I don't comply. <laughs> it's just like, sure. oh. can I ruin a part of your book? For sure, do it. Um, it's like the beginning. So uh, you went up to your doctor that told you that you were going to die and you're like, hey, I'm alive. And he had this weird response. I would totally go back and go live and be like, you're never going to believe my doctor did not react properly to me being alive. <laughs> I know. Like that's <laughs> in, in kindergarten. You might like learn how to just respond to a human being who's had some good news. Exactly. No, that was, that was a phenomenal to me that he, he wasn't uh, interested that I was alive and he certainly wasn't interested how I stayed alive. And I think it was just, he was in so much pain himself having, 
you know, failure after failure after failure. Can you imagine being a doctor like that? Speaking of nurturers, so so many of those medical people, they get into that field for for some good reasons. They want to help people. They they want others to survive and um, not uh, not just survive, but suffer less. But mm -hmm. the, what the, the system does to them, and then also the unconscious motivation to often, you know, there's this idea that it, it doesn't make any sense logically, but they're trying to heal themselves, right? By, they think by getting into a helping profession, and that's where nurturers get down. They're, they're always trying to get their own healing, but they don't know they're trying to do that. So all the energy is going outward. They end up so depleted and so unhappy, you know, like the very, very deep uh, shadow of this nurturer archetype is resentment. Like anger is a, is a really big part of that nurturer archetype because you can't outwardly hate the people you're, you're helping. That would, that just wouldn't match with your desire to help people. So it becomes this very deep unconscious resentment of those people you're helping. And that's, that's why now I've, I haven't heard you say this at all, but that's why you can go from helping, helping people so much to going like, get away from me, everybody. I don't want to talk to you ever again. Or you know, I've had people like that in my life. <clears throat> they were practically heroic helpers, especially when I was so sick in those days. And then there would just come a point where they disappeared. I would never hear from the, them again. And it was, it was, they, they overloaded. I saw my, happened to my parents, which is kind of a natural thing. Like no doubt your, your parents have gone through stuff as well, trying to look after your child. <clears throat> it's not the easiest thing. And you can easily burn out doing it in our unnatural world. My mom and I had a huge falling out in 2010 because she wrote a book about me. And I oh. begged her not to. Oh my I God. Begged her not to. I really felt so uncomfortable with her. And she's just like, this is my story and this is my truth. And it's just like, uh, the description was just horrible. Just like, what it's like to have a sick daughter. <laughs> and I'm like, Whoa. oh, that's heavy. But, and I don't, I really don't get it. I don't understand how someone could get over helping. Like, I do not get burnt out on the uh, helping. I never am just like, get away from me. I have an overwhelming overflow of energy for others. I really thrive off of being around other people. It's like p other people kind of recharge my proverbial battery. Um, mm -hmm. I love people so much, but something that I do that does kind of um, make sense to me is the controlling thing. Um, I like to be in control for sure. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I always used to do was be the designated driver, even though half the time I wasn't designated, but I just wanted to be the driver. Mm -hmm. And I and I was always like holding the hair back for my friends when they were puking at the bar, you know? <laughs> I was always the mom. I figured out that uh, if you have five girls passed out in your van and you have to like figure out how to get them all into the house and you can't physically do it, you can just kind of like go poo, 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 bribe them with peanut butter jelly and quesadillas. <laughs> There's a technique. <clears throat> there you go. Yeah, no, it's fascinating. I love what you said about wanting to be in control. This is a, is a good uh, myth to bust is that people shouldn't be in control. And that's, that's when you look around in this world out there, this is a lot of out of control people. People should be in control. In fact, they are already in control. They're just acting out of control. 
And so I'm, yeah, no, I love, like, you know, that's why I'm very attracted to your energy. You are in control of the situation, whether it's the technology or just your own personal person or the subject at hand. I can just see you're, you're willing to jump in and take action and, and just, you know, do the thing that needs to be done so that the, the thing can be done. <laughs> <laughs> kind of awkward, in the movie Magnolia, uh, what, what is going today? My hair just isn't working with these headphones. I remember the movie Magnolia. Uh, not that I know of. I've heard of it. I'm pretty bad, even if I've seen memories, uh, seen movies. I don't remember them for some reason. Yeah, I'm I'm nostalgia programmed from the '80s and the '90s. So I mean, mm -hmm. I do not watch television. I don't watch movies. I cannot stand anything new that comes that comes out. Yeah, uh, me too. I just, I can't handle it, but I'm like ready player one with eighties and nineties. And I, <laughs> I utilize characters from those decades to describe things. And this is what I'm going to do right now. There's a character uh, played by Willi um, William H. Macy. And he's like an, an adult who got braces and you can tell, and he's just sitting in a bar and he has, there's this line. And when this, when I saw this in theaters, I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm that guy. <laughs> and he just says, I have so much love to give. I have so much love to give and nowhere to put it. Mm. And I mm -hmm. felt so bad for him because there are so many lonely people out there that have so much love to give. And I am like that. And luckily my love is well-received. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Some people that think that it's obnoxious, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, I, I, I have an overflow where I just, I don't know where to put it a lot of the time. So that's why it's like, I am so grateful to be here right now and talking to you and just seeing everyone in chat and just, I am overflowing and just wanting, there's, there's so much to, uh, to give. <laughs> Right. Well, that's I the. Yeah. I don't get tired of it. It doesn't. I don't feel depleted from it. But mm -hmm. what does piss me off is just, just, just seeing other people that are in in distress and suffering and, and not being able to help and just knowing that you can't help everyone. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's it. That's actually a massive key to to being a healthy nurturer is not helping everyone, and and not wanting to help everyone because that's a, that is a low energy place that. Like, how could you possibly do that? And and those kind of nurturers get taken advantage of. When when you've got this sign saying, I help everybody, I help everybody. I know I actually had a mom like that. And um, she wasn't even giving that message. But for some reason, everyone would be asking her for help. That my sisters would call on, on her all the time. You know, she told me, uh, not to malign her, but she told me when I was pregnant with my son that, Beth, I'm not going to be helping you with your baby. I just want you to know that. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's that's good, good to know in advance, Mom. Thanks for, for thanks for sharing that. She did end up helping a little bit, but uh, you know, she was just she was just so completely um, taken advantage of. She her, she had given over her whole life. She never pursued her own talent, uh, talents. She ended up joining my dad in business and and nurturing. Often he was nurturing. Uh, pardon me. She was nurturing his business to keep him afloat. And, uh, and then, and then it, it, there was that resentment on the other side, but I love what you're talking about is, is just that it is, a it is a superpower. Helping people is a superpower for God's sake. It's, we need a lot more people to help a lot more people. What, what would our earth look like if everyone took responsibility for helping not everyone, 
but those that they're called to and and called to at such a deep level from the soul from god that god is saying okay these are your people you can serve them and then it's there's no energy loss whatsoever so you know i get on a, a call with a client even on my worst day i've chosen my clients very carefully I do not work for just anyone by any means. I've had the luxury of being able to be more and more picky as I go along. Uh, all my clients are truthers now. They all want to know the truth. They are. They already all know the truth, and and they're wanting to go very deep into their own process for the purpose of serving others. So when I serve them, I feel like a million dollars, and that can be on my worst day. You know, I've been going through things. Uh, a couple of years ago, I went through a major transition. It was in the process of of doing this book, and uh, I was trying to get out of my comfort zone, which really wasn't comfortable at all. And I went for days and days and days, uh, actually weeks without sleep and days doing nothing but crying. But in between, I would see a client here and there, and uh, there was there was no interrupt. There was no like, oh, I have to go sit and help this client. It was like, no, this is this is part of my purpose. I'm doing it naturally. I'm not taking anything away from myself. It, it, it's actually just doing nothing but adding to me. I would watch them get really powerful transformations in the process. And it's what you're saying, that when you're truly helping, when you're truly serving, and that includes you, it's not, it's not you or them. That's another big shadow that either I help these people or I help me myself. That's a total nurturer lie that you would tell yourself. So when you're truly helping it, it totally gives to you and the proof is in how you feel about it after. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I, uh, and there's a difference between, for me, there's a big difference between when I feel like I'm actually helping someone. I'm only gonna try to help someone if I actually think I'm capable of it. And if it's wanted, I, I'll put myself out there. And if someone doesn't want my help, then I, that's fine. But then there's also, just the idea of loving someone and no, just the act of, it's just kind of like the idea of meditating something away. You're not going to meditate something away. Although mind precedes all and you need to think clearly and consider things and before you implement them. But sometimes I, I do feel like just the literal act of showing some that, that someone that you love and that you care is all the help that they need. And just Absolutely. being there. Um, and 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 also, um, just tell telling. I tell people I don't I ne I don't ask people anymore. How can I help? I never say that anymore. It annoys me. Instead, I just I give an order. Tell me what I can do. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Nice, nice. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's the thing. When people are struggling and suffering, the mistake is often, oh, tell me if I can do anything. And do they ever take you up on that? No, no. they don't. I people even ask me how I'm doing when I don't feel good. I'm like, how am I doing? I just wish you wouldn't ask. <laughs> I'm like, when 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 people when when people are sick too. I'm I'm I try to think. Okay, I'm, I'm an expert at being sick, but I shouldn't assume that they're like me because when I'm not feeling well, feeling well, that's when I just want to. Uh, hibernate and and not talk to people um but people can't help it they're just like oh how are you i hope you feel better i'm like oh, i never should have said anything in the first place and then so when when someone else is not feeling is, is feeling physically ill i'll i won't say shit 
I'm just like, I'm going to leave them alone because that's what I would want. And they're probably like, why doesn't, why doesn't she care that I'm sick? <laughs> it's just my own messed up stuff, you know? It, it, can, it can be one of the things that, um, you know, when it, it comes to for a, a nurturer time to receive, time to accept help from other people, that, that, can, be, that can be a difficult thing. And, and here's another thing about the nurturers is that they are strong. They support a lot of people. They gain energy from, from supporting other people. And then people will think that they don't need help. Like they won't check in on you. They won't um, ask you how you're feeling or if you're sick, they won't bring you soup. They just assume you're okay. And also sometimes they can end up being the recipient of attacks, again, because you're perceived to be so strong. And they think you can take it if if somebody just, uh, you know, levels something at you, or or it's usually more a close person, a person that's close to you, and they figure that you can just take some harsh truth and you, they just throw it in your face and. Jason. Uh... <laughs> right there, you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah. It's in, almost always it happens in those intimate, close relationships for sure. He's so blunt with me. It's insane. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like I, it's like a, it is a spiritual exercise. He is, he's good for me for sure. Right on. And he's a nurturer. I mean, come on. He's basically my caregiver. Right. So I mean, he's a freaking, he is such a superhero. Mm -hmm. Amazing. He's done the past, uh, what has it been a week? He moved me and all my crap out of the flooded house into a hotel and then dealt with moving into an into the house before we were supposed to and has and being a single dad and then the show recording the shows doing live shows and everything it has been insane and now i can't reach anything i have no idea where my clothes are <laughs> oh, no. I, I woke up and i was just like oh my gosh i'm gonna wait because I don't want to make coffee twice. We're both going to have coffee at the same time because we're both recording at the same time. <laughs> and then I realized when I woke up, I looked at my inbox, episode 224 full show sent to me in Crow at 5 a.m. And so I realized 15 minutes before we were going to come on together, I was like, he's not going to drink coffee. There's no freaking way that Jason is going to want coffee. He's going to go record the episode and then he's going back to sleep. And so I thought I can make coffee and be late or don't have coffee. And I didn't say anything. I just said, I'm an idiot. I know you're not going to have coffee. And he made me coffee. Oh, that's beautiful. See, that's, that's pure love. When, when he'll give you coffee like that, that's, that's amazing. <laughs> no, that's beautiful. He, he is a true, uh, jokes aside, but uh, he is a, a true king hero. Absolutely. What you're, what you're, uh, I, I, of course, read that on him. And uh, if you haven't seen it, there is an interview of, of Crow and Jason here on this channel as well, which was really fun. And, uh, and that's those. Uh, I have to tell you something. Yeah, yeah what? I, I missed. Your email asking if you could have Jason on separately from Crow went to my spam folder and I didn't receive it until after both of them were on. So I hope you didn't think I was ignoring you because that was oh. when we were first talking. 
Right, right. No problem. I just figured that it was uh, maybe too complicated to set it up or something like that. But I would still, I would still have Jason on because everybody's got their own individual story as well as the, you know, the collective thing that they had. It was perfect as it was. But uh, no, I didn't think you were ignoring me. I just know you get a lot of email and stuff. So um, I had, I've actually changed. I'm changing servers because sometimes my my emails go in the spam. I get a ton of email, but I I'm on top of it. So anybody out there, okay. you definitely get a shitload of email, but never be afraid. But the spam folder, I I didn't know. What, I don't usually I don't usually have that problem. Good to know. But anyway, about the, uh, back to Jason, just really quick. I mm -hmm. mean, he definitely does not let me, he he helps me with everything I need, but mm -hmm. I mean, he he also really thinks that I am he. he he thinks very highly of me and he doesn't look at me as an invalid and he thinks I'm way more capable than I am. And he doesn't get it half the time. Mm. He doesn't understand if I can't if I can't do something. And I am always so tired of having to spell it out. <laughs> wow. Wow. There you go. Yeah, that's a science. You're so strong. Mm -hmm. He doesn't sometimes he really doesn't get it. So sometimes I have to come up with like another paragraph I'm trying to figure out how to like in a nice way be like how could you how could you think that I could do that <laughs> uh, don't you yeah. see there's a st I am not physically able to get past this barrier or my chair is I will be like my chair is 25 inches wide this opening is in my way I am blocked there is an obstacle I like go into robot foot mode because I feel like I'm so tired of repeating myself mm -hmm. but, but at the root of it all it's just because he like views me in a very uh in a very nice 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 way <laughs> it's double-edged it's actually something i'm teaching this week in my uh, coaching certification program is how to hold people higher than they are holding themselves and it's a fine line because that's uh you know it's it's different we, we say between a coach and a, and a client that if you're holding them higher they have in fact hired you to hold them higher but there's still an intensity about it. And I'm not sure if this applies to your situation, but it's they're they're saying like, no, Beth, you're saying that you're you're down at this level, but I actually know you're up at this level. And I'm not gonna nurture you down at this level. I'm not gonna feel sorry for you. I'm not going to coddle you. I'm not going to um, you know, enable you actually to stay at this level. I'm gonna make it hard for you to climb up to this steep slope to some new level where you didn't see yourself before. And I'm gonna, because I already see you can do it, I'm gonna brutally sit back and uh, and hold out for that standard. So I don't know if that relates to your situation. Obviously, you know, when you've got a physical disability that that, that can be just like one of those full stop moments. Yeah, but. I totally don't know what's going on in his head half the time. I wonder if he's just like, she can do it, I'm gonna let her do it. Or mm -hmm. if he doesn't know that I'm struggling or, uh, you know, right. and, and I'm not the type of person where if I'm struggling and I, and I really need help to just be like, you know, trying to do it. And I'm like, Oh, oh. <laughs> I will just be like, literally, I'll just be like, Oh, I can't do that. I'll literally give up. i be like, this is impossible for me to do. And I'll abandon, I will retreat. And mm -hmm. then like 10 hours later, it'll be like, Oh, you never, uh, you never made your green juice. I was like, oh, I couldn't reach the salary. It's like, well, why didn't you ask me? I'm like, eh, it wasn't worth it. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm, didn't want mm -hmm. to spend the mental energy. I would rather mm -hmm. spend the mental energy asking for something else. 
Mm -hmm. So I just have to like allocate, like if I'm, I'm gonna ask for 10 things today. And so I'm just gonna be really selective about, about what it is. <laughs> I can totally relate, Rose, because for three years I, I wasn't I wasn't uh, invalid the whole time, but there were times where I was so flattened, uh, you know, I couldn't sit up anymore. I couldn't use my hands; they were all blown up, swollen with drugs. Uh, you know, it, it, it just got to that point where it, anything that I needed. I, and again, I'm not trying to like pull up people's sympathy and, and that kind of thing, but it, it's a thing. When, when people are looking after you and they're struggling, like you can hear, I can hear my mom off in the distance crying that she can't go on like this. And it's just a whoa. And when you're the person that's, that's causing that. And uh, that's honestly, I had a near death experience and it was just like, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to call in the emergency this time. I'm just not going to, I'm not going to call out. I'm, I'm just going to lay here and die. And uh, it actually turned into the most powerful moment of my whole life, surrendering to death like that and, uh, and, and letting it be rather than fighting against. Uh, I, it, and it's it was so the weird that you didn't die. I know. It was the cause of me going into remission. Not only I didn't die, I had a total breakthrough. It wasn't a, an ultimate breakthrough. I, I was re-diagnosed again 18 months later, but uh, it, it was a major turning point for me to, to rather than fight against the inevitable of, because what are we all fighting against? Ultimately, it's death. That's the thing that unconsciously everyone's trying to prevent death. And so if we're all day long running from that fear of dying, it sucks the life right out of you. It sucks the joy out of your life. So by facing it, by going into it. And that's my big prescription for people right now. That's why, you know, I wrote, I, I published my book five minutes before COVID hit, but I couldn't feel like it's more relevant right now because that's the whole theme of it is to understand your unconscious motivations. Even right from the get-go, the beginning of the hero's journey, it's the child archetype. This is the child's major shadow. And the reason that it will go into into a, a very dark place of denial is because they are, are afraid not to survive there's such deep vulnerability when you think about like we're we're children of God on on this earth, and we are at the mercy of of everything. Like a strong wind comes up and you could be gone, right? The, the hurricanes or any number of things, and so to face the pain of of knowing that you're going to die, and that was a big realization for me. It's I'm not I'm not actually doing anything, medicine, um, you know, following my purpose, whatever it is. I'm not doing it to stay alive because nobody gets out of here alive. And so there must be some other motivation. I was on a call with a client yesterday. What, what else could be motivating you if you're realizing that, that that fear isn't actually serving you and giving you life energy and inspiring you to help others, then you know, what, what could be? And, and the answer for me was that it's, it's love. It's it, that um, people can be moved from a place of love rather than fear. But that doesn't happen just because you decide it, you have to actually go and see that fear for what it is. You have to, you have to see that it doesn't hold power over you, that it didn't create you. You, you're unconsciously creating that fear. You can, you can master it. Uh, sometimes with a powerful decision, I've seen, you know, seen a, a strong nurturer warrior in my life and, and they've done a lot of it just by literally uh, willing over, you know, they just, they just bust through every, glass ceiling and they, they, they muscle through it. But the unconscious fear 
carries along with them, right? That uh, poor girl, you're, you're freezing cold. You got a lot of air conditioning on go, uh, over there. I don't, I just, I, uh, I've tried, I put on the heater and the uh, air conditioning. Don't tell Crow that I have an app for my thermostat. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> I know that we did anything smart. Okay. Dumb. But I have a spinal cord injury, right, Crow? And uh, apparently my spinal cord can't figure out what's going on. So oh. I have to air condition, so I put the air conditioning on with the blanket and that should help because the okay. heater was- Good, well, I'm glad I you're- Peter, what is up with that? I have, mm-hmm. I, I, uh, I didn't mean to interrupt you with my blanket though, but I do, I want to pick your brain about something. The concept of being afraid to die. I am, I remember being a child and I was just going to bed one night and it hit me. I was like thinking, oh, I'm going to die. That's so messed up and I don't want to. Mm -hmm. And it freaked me out. And that was like the first time I was afraid of death. And then I'm afraid of death, afraid of death, afraid of death, afraid of death for so many, so many years. And then like, you know, in the past five years, 10 years, maybe seven years, I'm just so not afraid of dying anymore. I've just been through too much. I'm so over this place. Not, I have this joke that I'm the happiest suicidal person in the world, but I'm not saying that to make anyone sad. Like it's supposed to be a joke, but like, you know, screw this place sometime. Right. But Um, I at all, but I'm afraid of, of pain. You know, I'm over, I don't want to be in pain anymore. I'm such a baby when it comes to pain. A lot of people have really high pain thresholds. I'm done now. I think it's so amazing. And I'm so proud of myself that I quit all drugs because I love drugs, hate pain, love drugs. But mm. the only reason why I stopped doing drugs isn't because I got sick of being high, of, of, of being high and like escaping the pain. I got sick of the fact that it was killing me and I was not having a good time anymore. It wasn't helping anymore. It just stopped working. So Mm. that's the one thing that allopathic medicine doesn't have going for it because people like me with high tolerances, it will stop working. So you lost me as a customer. Mm -hmm. But but I think that this could be a problem with society, people like me, people Mm -hmm. just trying to prevent pain. You know, I really, just like with the bug spray, that was me just trying to prevent pain and suffering. I don't want, I was like, haven't you seen a blue velvet where the guy goes in to look at her house pretending to be spraying for pests, you know? And so I'm like thinking of all these things and what if they're scoping me out? And then I saw that she looked like such a nice girl. I'm like, oh, that girl is totally not scoping me out. To me. <laughs> I just want to use that as a possibility to be mad. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so yeah. yeah. What do you think of that concept of everyone in society just trying to prevent pain? Because I'm still that way and I don't want to go back to be like, something happened to me. I will always be this way. I will never change. Because that right. is my go-to. I'm like, I must protect myself and state for the record that this is how it is and this is how it's going to be. But maybe that's not good. Maybe that's not a good way to be. Maybe I should start being more open to pain again because after all, I am alive still. Nothing I can do about that for now. Yeah, well, that's the that's the thing that anything you're trying to prevent, it's like Carl Jung said, what you resist persists. So by trying to prevent pain, you're you're bringing pain in, and then by having the 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 heels dug in, and everybody's like this, and and it's and it's natural. Like we we it, there's a good thing moving away from pain and and moving towards pleasure, but there's a certain point where that strong aversion to the pain and the strong attachment to the pleasure, it creates a lot of ultimate suffering. So you might, 
you know, and, and you know it well, and I know it well, we probably all know it well here, you take the painkiller and something happens. You know, I've been on morphine for different things at times. And does it really remove the pain? No. Does it make you numb? Yes. But that's a kind of, and, and you'll get to a point where that's that numbness you'll see is pain. Numbness is in fact mm -hmm. the worst pain because you can't do anything about it. It's pain that you can't feel, right? So that's why there's a natural turn at some point. I imagine that you're like, okay, I'm not taking the drugs anymore because it's too painful. <laughs> try right. to avoid the pain and and you're absolutely right that that pain is it's to be transmuted by the way uh is tomorrow thursday already i'm hosting benjamin Bald uh, balderson to talk about uh about uh alchemy and free will that's the the subject for tomorrow i, I just really feel strongly about talking free will and uh and so it's you know it's about transmuting pain because all energy whether it's emotional pain physical pain psychic pain spiritual pain all, which is you know one of all the same wholeness that it, it it's energy and it's energy moving which is easy to say when you you're the one who doesn't have the pain like talk to the person with the migraine and tell them oh it's just energy it's like fuck off right you don't want to hear that give me the give me the medicine please and get out of my way and i'll just take that medicine and I, frankly for a, a a migraine unless i can lay down for three days i end up taking some painkillers and it handles it so quick and it's there's goodness about it but i know that the ultimate pain is still there the, the cause whatever brought on the migraine i have to handle that and deal with it that's usually a nurture blues kind of a a situation for me but um but you can experiment with and this is something that i dearly love to help people with and show them with and i'm happy to to um you know for you, you've helped me all right a lot already rose i'm happy to sit down and uh do a session with you on this just to teach you how to safely go inside pain it always promises injury but it's quite the opposite the effect of it is entirely liberating part of it is just seeing it for what it is because when you're looking separate from pain it's very painful. And <clears throat> a good analogy is that, say, when you're on the ocean and the waves are very strong and you're on the surface of the waves, then you're like going up and you're going down and you're going up and it's very tumultuous. And all of a sudden, like, boom, smash, crash, you're getting really thrown around. And all of a sudden you go under and you're like, what the hell happened to me? But if you go beneath the surface, so that the surface of it is very violent, if, but if you go beneath the surface of it, even just a little bit, all of a sudden, oh, you're just doing this. There's a certain calmness to it. So make sure you deep breath right at the right moment. <laughs> well, coming up, you got to take, you, it, it's, I, I, think about, I think about the wavelength of my breath is synchronized with the wavelength of the wave. Oh my gosh, I miss Santa Barbara so much right now. But when you're when you're when you're floating before the waves, and you're you're you know how it's amazing that we can catch a ball like mathematically our eyes are doing math and it, you're you're doing calculus basically and you're just like boop. So as the wave is coming up, I would always go, and you just go under the wave as it's approaching you, and you just delicious like that, and it's it's so beautiful. But I had to learn that rhythm. I had to learn how to do that dance with the waves. When I was a young child, you're learning as you're walking out and there's some un, there's some smooth rocks, but it's, but uh, you know, they're getting in between your toes and you can slip and fall and then you get a little bit deeper and then it's deep enough to lift your legs. And the first few times that I discovered that I can dive in and reach that calmness under this tumultuous wave, I went a little bit too far and I, 
bumped my face onto the sand and the little um, rocks. And I had a scab that looked like a Hitler mustache <laughs> for like three days at school. <laughs> so, but I, I talk about a learning experience. So then I realized that you put your hands out and then as the wave is going like this, hold on. I you love know? that. I love that. Yeah, I wonder if I can run with that a bit in, in this analogy, because it, as by putting your hands out in front of you, you are guiding the process instead of just like being at the mercy. And, uh, you know, people martyr themselves to their own pain. We all know somebody that they live in their pain. They're not trying to prevent or avoid their pain. They live in it. But really, pain is a door. And it's meant to be gone all the way through. I always have this uh, phrase in my mind. It's like, swim like a mermaid. Like, keep going. Don't just go into it and, and wallow in it. You you need that direction. You need that. And, and then that, that direction serves many purposes. It's going to protect your brain and your face from you know, because your, your, your senses are going to know, oh, you know, obstacle, something's in front of me. It's going to guide that direction. So you're not just willy nilly going everywhere. You want to have a purpose when you go into that pain. You want to know, okay, well, here's what I would rather be experiencing. Here's the, the life that I would rather have other than this pain. And then, you know, by, by going in, getting through it all the way to the other side, you see it for what it is. You look back and you go, okay, now I'm no longer separate from this pain. You, 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 can, you can learn how to be one with the pain. Once you're one with the pain, it's no longer pain. You're one. You're, you're, just, you're, just, you're just being this. You're, you're just that expression of, of the divine spark. And that's how that's how people have gone through such severe experiences. Your your life, in a way, is such a good testimony to that. So you've you've done this alchemy work, transmuted so much pain in your life, and uh, and you get more and more sensitive as as you go along. So the smaller things will cause you more pain now. Do you, do you notice that? That is true. That yeah. is true. Um, I used to be way more left brain imbalanced, and I was just paralysis by analysis. I wasn't very emotional. Um, I really was trying to tap into my intuition because I started to realize it does play a role in proper discernment. Um, yeah, I forgot where I was going with that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's yeah, that wow. sensitivity. That's okay. It, it's it's okay, a beautiful I got way more sensitive. Um, I used to not um, feel bad by, I, I used to, uh, not get emotional, like crying over things. Things would make me sad, but I just wouldn't feel that overwhelming emotion that would um, affect me physically. And then after what happened with DJ, I cry now. I can cry, and I'm like, okay, I don't know if this is because I've been I was traumatized or I grew, and now I'm more in touch with my emotions, and this is a healthy thing that my physical reaction matches the emotion. You know, like mm -hmm. if you see someone who's smiling while they're sad, it's like they're a psychopath, right? But now I'm my emotions are matching more the physical reaction. And then, yeah, I do get um, uh, panic attacks. I get massive panic attacks that have to do with nothing that aren't logical and I'll start sweating and crying and hyperventilating and it makes zero sense and it's, literally a physical reaction. And I don't even know if I'm dealing with it proper, properly. I've never, uh, the only therapy I got for PTSD was a ketamine trial. 
Was it what? It, oh, a trial. A drug trial. Oh, oh yeah, right, right. Exactly. Student, basically, and a doctor, you know, jabbing me with ketamine. Mm. And if you take a break for an hour to trip out, I used to listen to music, listen to my, listen to a recording of myself playing the piano, and mm. I would, my, I would forgive myself for the mistakes. That's I beautiful. I love that. I actually do the same thing. I love recording myself oh. and. Uh, and, and hearing back, there's such a, a huge learning curve that happens uh, in, in allowing yourself to, to see the, your own mistake. And, and that's so painful, right? Like you should see me do, it, for some reason, I don't have it in this live context. It's very relaxing and beautiful. I, I love doing this. I don't know. But if I do a premiere and I, the work is already done and then it's just playing as, you know, I'm hearing myself back, then that's the most pain I've been in a long time. Actually, oh. like it's it's fascinating. I literally have to run circles around my place to to transmute it to to let go, and it's like you know, let go of wanting people to love me and approve of me and all that kind of stuff. That is uh, is that pain, but it's it. What, what the beauty of so the more work you do on yourself, the more sensitive you get. The more one single email in your junk box unanswered, and that gives you a certain you know enough pain that you that you apologize to me about it. And what it does is it levels the playing field. So somebody who's, uh, you know, really down and out and in the gutter and and struggling and maybe in an abusive situation. And, and it, you know, so it's in a way it's your pain is the same as their pain. It's like a child when they are, they have so much pain because they couldn't go to the beach today. That's me right now, actually. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and then you, you're like, shut up. I'll give you something to cry, something real to cry about. And you couldn't, there couldn't be a bigger disservice, especially to a child, than to completely devalidate the pain that they're in. It's real. It's, it's absolutely real. And you have to meet them and, and, and honor that where they're at and know that, um, you know, it, but, but it's almost like God just levels that playing field. We're all, we're all in pain. The, the Buddhist said it, it, life is pain. Mm-hmm. And it's a constant invitation. Wesley said that in Princess Bride, life is pain. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, you know, and it's, it's the thing that I guess it's the design. Would we all, would we, any of us be motivated to do anything without some kind of pain? And then, and then it's so rich because the pain has so much energy in it that if you can transmute, you reclaim all of that energy that you were using to suppress the pain, which is the very definition of pain is suppression. Keeping something separate from yourself is the most pain that we can experience. Human beings are, are both at the same time, wanting strongly to be connected and 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 have a, mm-hmm. a sense of oneness especially with the divine and at the same time we're wanting to be separate from our pain from everyone from god from that whole thing and it creates this spin and and gravity which might not be real i'm hosting cammy by the way cammy and i have a date now to talk about uh, yes. i know i know i'm so excited there's a video on uh Rose's channel. If you haven't seen this, you probably have, but I was so transformed by that, by seeing, you know. I was scared of that conversation. I was afraid I wasn't going to understand what she was talking about. I totally got it. Yeah, me too. You were afraid too? I was was expecting just to like fake it or something and just be like, "Mm, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Skype Bob and be like, (laughs) (laughs) so cute. That's beautiful. 
but yes, yeah, so, yeah, that uh, that willingness it makes you the warrior. It makes you the king hero. You you're willing to face hardship. You're willing to face pain uh, head on because you know you you might have come to a, a place in your life where you see running away from it doesn't do anything, right? The buffalo know. I always quote this: the buffalo know that they if they run into a storm, and they take. I mean, if we go back to waves, if you take a wave head on. You're much less damage than if you try to go sideways and you're all over the place. Then uh, it's it's going to be over faster. It probably will be more intense at the same time. So you just totally have to armor up, put the armor of God on, and uh, and just go right. This this is this time these days. Your stream again yesterday about the riots. Wow, that was that was powerful. Everything you said. You. Holy mackerel! I, mean, I got you had freaked out after that. I got freaked out and uh, made it. Uh, private because I was so paranoid about all this race talk about race. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. But Maybe there's some private to unlisted in case someone wants to listen to it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, that was powerful. Honestly, there was something so beautiful coming through every time. I mean, your guest was good too, but it was somehow what you said every time was just nailing it and cutting right through to absolute beautiful pristine truth which is amazing and that's actually yeah that's out, that's on the heels on on the in the the hero's journey on the heels of the nurturer archetype is the lover archetype so once you graduate and you have those good boundaries and you um you know you you figure out this how to how to help yourself and others at the same time and you know who your people are and you have those that uh very beautiful energy from from helping people and it feeds on itself it yeah. gives birth to to the soul of the journey where you no longer ask anybody's permission to do what you do you just get out and make no apology you put your truth and your beauty into the world uh you start to battle with new demons every stage of the hero's journey has new demons this 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 one with a lover is obsession and compulsion but it's in the the giving yourself, you know, that that's, that's an amazing place to get to. A lot of my clients go through that in building businesses. They, they start out when you ask them, what do you want in your life? What do you, what would you actually want if you could just have it? And, and they go into this process of thinking, okay, well, what have I been told I can do? What, you know, maybe what are my gifts? What is, what am I allowed to do? Is the bottom line. What am I allowed to do? Especially here in Canada. I don't know if you guys in the States suffer that quite as much, but we're all asking like, what degree do I need? What certificate do I need? What, you know, what government stamp do I need? What license do I need? Please just tell me, how do I get through this door? And, uh, you know, honestly, if psychopaths can do anything without any license or any permission, then you can follow your God-given purpose with nobody's permission. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to point out really quickly for the record that Scott is a total king hero potential. Like he has potential and I'm not going to give up on him. I call, I, I call him Normie Scott because I feel like if he would wake up to certain things, then he could put so much amazing energy towards things that will that will produce the result that he's actually looking for. Mm -hmm. um, There's your Fascinating that after that entire conversation, he was still at the end, like, yeah, boots on the ground protests. And I'm like, did were, were you not present for that conversation? I was really trying to demonstrate something here that I knew was obvious to everyone but him because he wasn't coming to the conversation 
from the same lens. I mean, it, it, it was fascinating to me. And so what I'm doing is I'm documenting my journey with Scott, trying to help him to understand that a lot of this social engineering is way more contrived than he realizes. And he realizes so much of the evil that is occurring because of the, the work that he does trying to um, triangulate the location of um, pedophiles. Mm. It's a really, really hardcore thing that that eats away your soul. You know, yeah. things that you have to be exposed to. Oh, I couldn't handle it. The whole shipping container thing. I can't. I can't even go there in my head, and um, oh. and it, it brings him to tears all the time. And it's you know, it's enough to make someone literally insane. And then. And then, you know, you're going four days in a row to these protests and stuff. It's like, oh, my gosh, like one minute you're you're like dealing with this crap and then you're dealing with this other like literal bullshit. And, and mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like it, you need to mm -hmm. be putting we only have so much energy. I know I have like an overflow of energy, but it is finite, I think, because eventually I'll hit the wall just like mm -hmm. everyone else. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's why I don't give up on people who I know have so much to offer. And you know, if, if he always kind of remains in this, I don't like, I don't want to call it like diet woke, but like, I don't know what else to call it. <laughs> you know, I, I it, it'll be fun. So I just want to document my love for Scott. Mm -hmm. I love Scott so much that I am willing to like keep, uh, having these conversations with him, even if they if they don't amount to anything, I, I'm not going to give up because I, I just know a lot of really cool people like that, that have so much to offer, but their energy is being misguided by not understanding the true nature of reality. Right. And that's why I want to talk about free will tomorrow, because we, that that's the, the nurturer, the, the deep shadow, which you're not talking about, but just for the sake of that reference, that the deep shadow is, is trying to bypass free will. It's like, hold still. I'm just going to make this happen for you. It, it, it won't hurt me a bit. You know, just, uh, <laughs> just hang on, hang on. And that's just not God's way, right? Like that's every single being is going to have to decide for themselves to, to go for freedom, to get fully woke, to, um, you know, do the thing that's in them to be done so they can be in service to humanity. It's, and I know that from a lot of experience trying to hold people down and, and uh, make them do their right thing that would be good for them and everyone, their finances, their health, their, you name it, whatever. And, uh, and at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's a complete cliche. I know you know it, but we can be there for people. You know, I did it yesterday. I went into a, a bakery where I've known these people for practically my whole entire life. They, since I was a teenager, they've been feeding me the best bread ever. And this shout out to them, Tallgrass Bakery. And I come up to the guy, one of the owners, and uh, his bakery's empty. It used to be have like you know at least twenty people working at one time, and now it's just two of them. And he's sweating behind his mask, and he's suffering and huffing and puffing. And and I just I leaned in and I said, you know what? Uh, you know that mask isn't good for you, right? I just, you know, like just trying to give you a little heads up. And uh, he got so mad at me. He got so mad at me. And he's like, yeah, he was very angry. 
And, but I, but I didn't back, I didn't back down and neither I, I stayed, I stayed in a loving place. I felt a lot of love to him and I just kept saying stuff. And then I can't even control myself. I, now I'm saying it even louder. So the whole lineup can hear exactly what I'm saying. And oh my God, was he mad about that? I, like I just, somehow there's something coming out of me that if, as long as I can stay in a place of love, I'm willing to take the hits and at the very end of the the little tiny exchange that was taking place, first of all, somebody in the line was so happy to hear somebody else talking about this kind of stuff. I hope we're not frozen. I think I think uh, Rose, you were frozen there. And um, frozen. I was okay. just I just had to text Jason's daughter because oh. she's going on an airplane today to Las Vegas, and I just needed to remind her: don't wear a mask. You are forbidden from wearing a mask. Okay, great. Uh, you have a condition that requires you to breathe, being allowed. <laughs> And yeah. <laughs> uh, please tell Seth's parents that I have forbidden it and you're not allowed. And I just, I kept drilling it into her head. I sent her uh, the stop, look, think uh, face mask exemption. I guess it, yeah. I can't see, unfortunately. Other yeah. people yeah. show their phones on their webcam and I can't. <laughs> um, yeah, she, she uh, I don't, I, 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 if I find out that she wore that mask, I'm going to be pissed. It'll be the first time that I'm pissed. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, this guy was pissed at me, but after I got my bread and I was about to walk away, I decided to just go around the corner and say like, Hey, I, I love you. I love you guys. God bless you. And, and he totally, you know, it, it, he took it in there, anything that was bad between us. So I go around the corner and there's his wife, one of the other owners of the, of the thing. And at this point I've got my hands full of as much bread as I could possibly carry mm. and we start having a conversation. And, uh, and then at one point she asks me and, and it was, she, I don't think she was baiting me. She might've been baiting me. She said, Hmm, do you think like maybe all of this um, is engineered like this? And I said, yes, 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 like this. And she's going, I actually can't talk to you anymore. Get away. And uh, she, <gasps> she, yeah, yeah, she, she baited me. I wouldn't have said that. I know from now on, if somebody asks me, I'm going to, I'm going to come at it from a, like, you know, a different perspective because that is a, it's a showstopper. If you just start talking about, well, you know, things haven't made total sense, the shutdown, uh, destroying your business uh, in, uh, in light of there only being 600 people in this entire city that ever even uh, supposedly had this thing. It doesn't make sense, does it? You know, I could have taken a much softer approach, but she said, do you think it's all engineered? And I'm like, yes, yes, <laughs> like this. And, you know, so, but you got to go through life uh, offering something and I still, I still uh, sent her love and I'm carrying all your bread and I'm your customer, but you just like basically totally, totally uh, bitch slap me. Yeah. And, wow. uh, but uh, that's so yeah. curious to know if I would get that experience. I, I don't, I I, I don't mean to keep bringing up the wheelchair, but it's just such a massive factor in how I interact with people. Totally. It's hilarious because uh, people do look surprised once they, they have a preconceived notion. And, uh, you know, the way that Jason is so happy and nice and, and, and people, I, I don't know, sometimes I wonder if people think that maybe I'm like, a family retarded family member, but I want to open my mouth and I talk. I'm they know I'm in not retarded, at least in the way that they thought I was. <laughs> but uh, wait, why did I bring that up? I'm sorry, just um, about being in a wheelchair. You said people, 
Oh yeah, yeah. Um, people let me say the weirdest things, and uh, I get away with being a crazy conspiracy theorist in public. Perfect. You know, because Perfect. I'm a there. Awesome. Uh, I I will just say anything, and and people smile and laugh, and and I just have never yet experienced the dirty looks for being a non-mask wearer. This is mm. completely foreign to me. It's got to be the wheelchair, right? It's got to be. I have never had anyone give me a bad feeling about not wearing a mask. Maybe because they actually believe that I, for some reason, am more medically exempt than other living, breathing beings. What do you think? It's it's very possible, especially in a, a day and age that is so politically correct. I mean, first of all, you got a lot of love. You're emanating love, but I was too, and I still got. You know, it's not it, it, love. They killed right. Jesus, right? And he's all about love, so it doesn't it doesn't stop that. But yeah, because we live in a politically correct situation where everybody, you know, if you were a black person, they wouldn't give you a dirty look. If you're in a wheelchair, they won't give you a dirty look. If you're some kind of so-called minority, uh, you're exempt from all the normal expectations in life. And I would just say milk it, like go for it, right? You're, you're yeah. like a secret weapon. <sighs> I'd like to point something out too. I saw a status on Facebook from Dawn, informally hip, who's in the chat, and she was making a statement about minorities. And she's like, come on, I'm an, I'm an Arab woman. So I'm, uh, you know, I'm the minority of minorities. And then my brain went to this really funny place where I'm like, no, you're not. You need to be a uh, quadruple amputee uh, lesbian Arab, Don. <laughs> the minority of minorities. <laughs> exactly. There's competition for that place now. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Well, this has been really a beautiful conversation. I can't thank you enough, Rose. It's, uh, it, you know, this is this is the thing I'm living for right now. These level of conversations, it's so high. I hope we get a chance to do it uh, some somewhat regularly and please do come and uh it's it's going to be the do you, you don't know the date off let me find the date for the next bitches brew it was super fun it's on the first one was on, what's that it's going to be june 14th on karen's channel june 14th on uh karen will uh i'll link it up in the in the notes here so that you guys know where to find us in uh in the at the on the 14th of june and uh we got like some amazing beautiful women coming together to to uh, stand, not strong against anything, but just like to pool the energy. And there's, again, it's one of those circumstances where I feel like I can just utterly be myself. There's no, there's no filters. There's no sense of who I need to, to uh, measure up to or look good or anything like that. And uh, completely honored to be asked to be part of it. Thank you so much for that. And, uh, and also tomorrow you can come on my channel to, we see when Benjamin and uh, Benjamin Balderson and myself talk about free will. And then Friday, again, I'm doing my archetype study group, which Rose, you are invited to anybody with their, their hands on my book, uh, whether that be the, the PDF version or the hard copy. If you have got that book, then you are invited to be part of this group. It goes every second week, every second Friday at noon central time. And this week, yeah, this week we're talking about the nurturer archetype. I'm not going to coach you. I'm not going to really teach you, but we're we're pooling our voices, getting together. There's always a really beautiful group of people and working through, you know, not necessarily the problems too. It's just raising energy, raising consciousness, being aware of shadows. It goes a long way to helping you just simply not have to blindly go through that shadow. Sometimes it's like just seeing that you do something can be either the beginning of the end of that or or a complete breakthrough. Usually 
you know, half that shadow is gone just for the seeing of it. And uh, so if you guys are interested, if there's anybody here who doesn't know about my book, I can, um, I'm going to post a link in the comments so that you can jump in if you'd like to. For anyone that can't afford the hard copy because it is 30 US dollars to be delivered, I also have a $5 PDF. And uh, so I thought at that level, you know, even if even if that uh, investment is high for you for any reason, please just tell me. I want this work to get out to people. I do feel like it is an elixir for what humanity suffers right now. And that's that, you know, the fear of dying and the fear of pain and not being able to locate and see, like, I know I'm stuck, but I don't know how to get unstuck or where, where I'm stuck. And, and the archetype work is so fascinating. It's not powerful. You're powerful. God is powerful. But for being precise and zeroing in on exactly, that's how I saved my life from cancer, by identifying one archetype that was so out of alignment, it was literally sucking the life out of me. And uh, the work wasn't done at that point, but I gained enough energy to heal from a stage four cancer. So that was you know, miraculous enough for me that it, it took me 20 years to write the book, but I did it. <laughs> and I can't believe you just finished right as all of this was starting. What a perfect time for people to do this work. And you know yeah. what I'm... Thank you so much for having me. Oh, my pleasure. And, uh, you know, I might not have published that book if I hadn't have finished that moment. So I want to shout out to Stephen Verstappen, who was responsible for helping me to finish the edits and uh, get that thing up and uh, through his his publishing process and the out, you know, the, the, the way the book's laid out. And it's, uh, I'm absolutely thrilled with how it turned out. So if you, if you need to work on a book, then you should definitely reach out to Stephen and you can do that through me if you want to. Uh, go check out Rose's channel if you aren't already uh, a subscriber and a loyal fan, which I, 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 I do see some of my own people. I'm so happy to have had all you guys in the chat. I'm going to go and relish uh, spending time looking at all of your comments are, are really beautiful. I was so engaged in my conversation with Rose that I didn't, I didn't catch them all, but I see all you beautiful souls making beautiful statements. There was one amazing comment that Eric made this morning, and we can almost uh, close the if I can pull it up, let's see if I can find it just on my Facebook this morning. That was so needed for people that are passing through any kind of anxiety these days. There is certainly enough cause for it. And if you give you me one on your channel about anxiety and insomnia, everyone should check it out. Seriously, I, I just, I'm very, very angry that you didn't reach a thousand subscribers while we were on the air. You're at 969. So come on guys, 31 people, smash that subscribe button. We gotta get you monetized this week. 969, that's huge. Oh my God, that's the biggest jump that I made in a while. That's awesome. Thank oh, you really? so much. Oh yes, yeah, that's- I wasn't sure what you had before, but I, I, in my channel, I should have used reverse psychology. I should have gone on my channel and been like, whatever you do, don't click. <laughs> whatever you do, don't subscribe to Beth Martins. Let's try that next time. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so good, so good. Uh, so this quote uh, from um, why don't uh, Felicians, no, Philippians four six. Funny, I don't need know how to say that anymore. But it says, "Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds 
through Christ Jesus. So I just thought how appropriate that that is for a lot of people that are suf suffering with that deep anxiety. Some people know that why they have it because there's really rotten things happening on this earth. Some people don't know why they're having it because they they uh, believe the psychopaths when they say that they are um, helping them when they're not. So Rose, thank you. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day. You are a beautiful soul. I love you so much. You're at 975. You're at 975. Oh my gosh. Woo! Right on. It's going to happen. We know it. Yeah. Okay. We have to have a celebration. I love you, Beth. Thank you. I love you so much. And I love all of you guys too. I can't wait to uh, connect with you more and, and see you again. Bye everyone. Bye. Bye.